Today is Thursday, February 23rd, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Mark Houck vows to hold the Biden administration accountable over the FBI's abuse of power. In his case, we'll have that top story and more on today's podcast. We bring you news from a Christian perspective. Subscribe, leave a rating, share it with a friend. Email us, quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. Let's get through the news of the cray together. That's what we're doing here each and every weekday morning at 7 a.m. With me, as always, Billy Hallowell, Trey Gons Phillips. What's up on this Friday, Junior? Fellas, how you doing? I mean, I'm I'm living that dream that I always <laughs> live in the mornings. <laughs> no one knows what it looks like, but no. maybe that's better. We don't yes, need to be in Billy Hallowell's dream world. Nope, absolutely yeah. not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we got, a, we got a lot coming up on the pod today here, and I... Teasing this one here, horoscopes. If you're into horoscopes, Billy's about to bring the hammer down on your horoscope world. Speaking of dreams, <laughs> you're basically dreams, all of you. Yeah, so uh, looking forward, looking forward to the details on that one. Also, I spoke to Mark Houck uh, about the case that happened to him. Of course, pro-lifer who was raided by the FBI was acquitted of Face Act charges, the whole nine yards. He says now he's pursuing justice for how that whole situation was handled. Uh, we'll talk uh, to Mark here coming up on the podcast. But first, we're going to get through the news here. 90 seconds. Actor Mark Wahlberg is speaking out about his faith. As a Catholic, he went on the Today Show for Ash Wednesday and said, Faith's everything. It's afforded me so many things. God didn't come to save the saints. He came to save the sinners. We want to be better versions of ourselves. And through focusing on my faith, it's allowed me to do that. He also said that faith is not popular in Hollywood. He said, but you know, I cannot deny my faith. It's important for me to share that with people. Former President Donald Trump visited East Palestine in Ohio on Wednesday. He delivered truckloads of bottled water following that train derailment earlier this month. His spokesperson said President Trump is meeting with the citizens of East Palestine and will never forget them and what they're going through. Contrast that with Biden and the federal government who failed them from the beginning. Author and evangelist Anne Graham Lotz raised the idea in a recent blog post that the Asbury revival could be a sign of Jesus's return. Lotz, the daughter of the late Billy Graham, quoted the New Testament's James 5, 7, therefore be patient until the coming of the Lord. See how the Farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. She suggested this passage could help answer the question that many people, including some in the media who've covered the revival, are asking. You can read that full story over at CBNnews.com. Guys, the Asbury revival, the, that we, we have a live stream coming tonight on that, by the way, which you can check out over on the CBN News YouTube channel. That's caused a lot of conversation in the past few days. Yeah, it has. And, and a lot of discussion, a lot of debate, a lot of, I think, encouragement. You know, people are looking at this and they're thinking and they're, and they're saying, wow, culture is falling apart. There's chaos everywhere. The Grammys, all these award shows are a dumpster fire. And here are these kids, these young people coming together and worshiping. Jesus. And it's just such a countercultural moment. Look, if you can get 10 people to show up to something, usually you're like, wow, that was great. If you can get 20,000 people to show up, that's a rarity. So I think we're seeing some really interesting things happen. It's interesting too. If you were listening to the podcast yesterday, we talked to Jonathan Rumi and he was, he's Catholic. He plays Jesus on the chosen. Uh, He's in Jesus revolution, the new movie coming out. And I thought it was interesting what he said about 
just the popularity of those shows or the popularity of the chosen and then of the movie that's about to come out. And then he talked about the Asbury um, university stuff, this prayer week revival going on. And he was just talking about how it seems like none of this is a coincidence, right? That the Lord maybe is, is really leaning into culture or people are starting to maybe be more open to leaning into him uh, in the midst of a culture that's really, really divided um, and, and obviously kind of hostile toward faith. So I think it's interesting that people from different walks of faith and even people not of faith at all are watching what's happening at Asbury um, and they're intrigued by it enough to ask questions like that. It's getting secular media coverage Um I think is is fascinating and should be encouraging to us as believers. Yeah, especially now, like we were saying, in a time where look at the other things that are coming out on college campuses right now. You have so many people who are lost and confused in the gender ideology and all of the just awful things that are happening on that front. And that's one of the main things that you see coming out and, and you see people leaving the faith a lot of times in large numbers and we, we Billy, you've covered those numbers many times. So to see this, it's kind of especially interesting in this particular time where it's not exactly common uh, to see people clamoring for the Lord on any level. And then let alone in these numbers, it's, it's quite, it's quite a stark contrast from what we're used to seeing today. And I, and I think we have to start to piece these, we have to be very careful and discerning, but you have to start piecing the puzzle together. You know, when DeMar Hamlin, cardiac arrested on the field, the nation came together in this bizarre level of prayer. You saw ESPN, and we've talked about this, turning into like a revival. You saw all of these really interesting things happen. This has been a series of events now that make you wonder if there's kind of this visceral reaction to culture that we're watching everything you just detailed, all the other issues happen, and a lot of people who have maybe been apathetic or maybe haven't lived their faith out as strongly as they should have are starting to say, maybe I need to make a decision about this, even subconsciously. And I just wonder how much of this is sort of a result of that and how much more we're going to see from here. Well, I think COVID also brought everything to a head, right? Because I think people have been so desperate for years for some sort of hope and some sort of handle to navigate all of the ups and downs of life. And politics has been a problem for decades, and it's just gotten worse and worse and worse. And I think it reached kind of a pinnacle with COVID, and people didn't really know where to turn at that point. So I think a lot of people, out of all of their other options, out of all the secular worldly options, I think maybe entertained God in a way they hadn't before. Um, so I think there's more curiosity that's, that's been born out of that, which is a good thing. Yeah, a hundred percent. And, and I think one of the big misconceptions of Christianity that the secular world has is that we're holier than thou. We don't like certain people. We're bigots. We're, we're full of hate against certain people when the exact opposite of tr- is true in that we're supposed to we're supposed to love strangers we're supposed to be kind we're supposed to you know treat others as we would want to be treated these are the thing and of course we don't always live up to that but in times like these when you when you see christians responding in certain ways and uh, like the demar hamlin that you you see how uniting faith can be and and ultimately as christians we know that the thing that will heal all divisions is christ He's the only one that can sort of bridge the gap on on all of our differences and our divides. And, um, you know, maybe more and more people are getting a taste of that and seeing that. And I hope, hopefully, that will draw them in. That's the hope, right? And yeah. I think 
we should be praying for that. If people have questions or concerns or they want to know what's really going on, I think turning to prayer is a really good use of our time when it comes yeah. to these sorts of things. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, let's head into our next story here now. And an ex-astrologist is sounding the alarm on horoscopes. So if you're sitting there right now at 7 a.m. or at 7.10 or whatever time it is, and you've, you've got your horoscope out, brace yourself and uh, maybe crinkle it up a little bit and throw it away. But what's the story here, Billy? Yeah, so this this is an interesting one. We have covered a number of the episodes of the Ex-Psychic Saved podcast. This is Jen Niza, who we've actually had on. She's an ex-psychic, um, but she talks with really interesting people. And one of the people she had on her show was Marsha Montenegro. Uh, Marsha was an astrologer, um, a professional astrologer. People would go to her and they would try to figure out how can the stars tell us what our life is going to be? How can we look to the heavens to get the answers of where we're going to be tomorrow, what's going to happen to us, who we are? Um, she became a believer, Marsha, though, and is now actually speaking out about the dangers of turning to those sorts of things. And um, one of the interesting things in this conversation they had is they talked about divination and what that is. And really, divination is when you're seeking information information supernaturally, but you're doing it outside of God, outside of God's will. Um, and so horoscopes and astrology would actually fall under that. And when you look at scripture, scripture is actually very clear about the need to avoid these things, that God hates them, does not want people engaging in them, and that they are spiritually um, dangerous. And so Marcia talked about the fact that these things are beyond the normal means, right? And divination isn't just horoscopes. It's things we've talked about on the show, tarot cards, astrology, numerology, tea leaf reading, um, which I think is really, really interesting. Probably and a whole palm, bunch of leading. Other- palm, palm reading is another big one isn't it? Yep. Yep. Palm reading. So her focus is really on all those things, but, but she again dealt with astrology. And so that's, um, that is where she focused in that conversation. And she drew a distinction between astrology and astronomy. What, what's, can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, because it's it's actually interesting in this conversation, a lot of people think when they talk about astrology that they're dealing with a science, right? That there's some sort of scientific basis of horoscopes and the stars. And of course, astronomy is the study of the stars, right? It's, it's the science. It's based on the observation of data. And she talked about that, how astronomy is something that you can study. And there are formations of the stars. And God created all of these things. But astrology is not scientific. Um, you know, astrology is focused on the idea that there's some sort of meaning in the stars, which there's not, right? Um, and so people start to put their faith in astrology, and many people, even in the Christian realm, start to get confused. They start to assume there's some science there in astrology when there's not. And so she went out of her way to really differentiate the two. She actually gave an example, you know, Mercury being in retrograde. It's an optical illusion, and we've covered this on Faithwire, uh, but it unfolds a couple of times each year. It appears to show Mercury moving backward in its orbit. Again, it's an optical illusion. There's nothing more to it, but a lot of people in this world of astrology think that, oh, if Mercury's in retrograde, I shouldn't make certain decisions because I'm going to be impacted by the fact that this optical illusion is going on. And so there's a whole lot more we could dive into there. But she was talking about in her own life as an astrologer how she was supposed to sign a lease on an apartment. And because Mercury was in retrograde, she wouldn't do it. Like, that's how much she believed in this. Like, I can't sign this lease. I can't do it. Um, and she wow. just talked about how damaging and dangerous it is to put your trust in something other than the Lord. If you could bottle up kind of in one, summarizing what the main issue with horoscopes is, what what would you say? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think I would say that you're you're putting your faith and your trust in something other than the Lord. You're looking to something. The reason people look up their horoscopes, yeah, they do it for fun. They think it's entertaining, but they're looking to find out based on the alignment of stars and when they were born, who they are as people, right? Oh, well, you're an Aquarius, so you behave this way. It's it's almost like coming up with an explanation for who yeah. you are and how you behave. And that is not what we are supposed to be turning to the Lord and we're supposed to be trusting him for who we should be and how we should behave, not the alignment of the stars. I mean, it's, it's, it's actually yeah. kind of insane. To think about it. Well, it is. And I remember reading, you know, as a kid, just in the paper, the horoscopes were always there. And, and I remember just kind of quickly rolling my eyes at them because it was always common traits. Well, uh, you're grumpy when you're tired as an Aries, like, Oh, Wow. Trey must be an Aries. (laughs) But, but you know what I mean? They say you like donuts and it's like, Oh yeah, you know what? I do like donuts. And, and, and people look at these traits that are very common and they'll say, Oh yeah, yeah, we're definitely like that. We're, we're stubborn sometimes. So yeah, I just always kind of chuckled at it. It just seems like this, they take sort of common traits, throw them into a hat and put them out there. And then people, without that aren't thinking just sort of buy into this stuff. And, and like you said, I mean, it's definitely dangerous because um, you're, you're like you said, looking outside of the Lord for things that only the Lord can know. I don't know. It's just, it's kind of a, a belief that you, you have some sort of ability to chart or change the course of, of your life or that if you have this information, you can somehow I don't know, set the deck up yourself in a, in a certain way, which is just, it's silly to think that, right? Because obviously we know the Lord is sovereign over everything and he has, he has control, but I, as silly as it is, it also has serious consequences because I cannot but wonder what are you inviting in when you engage this kind of stuff? Uh, Who are you inviting in? Because I do think while most of the time it's just, it, it's just a, a bunch of smoke screens and mirrors and, and tricks like that. I think there are instances when you really are entertaining spiritually evil. Um, and I, for people who are blind to that, who are maybe not believers or people who are potentially believers grew up in the church and are just naive. I think they're putting themselves and their loved ones at serious, at serious risk to entertain this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. go ahead, Billy. Oh, I was just going to throw in a, a thought there because the jump from I'm reading this newspaper to look at my horoscope to get information based on the stars to I'm going to somebody who is reading cards, okay? And even if you think this isn't true, they're reading tarot cards or angel cards and they're getting a message to deliver to me. They're now interacting with something. Now, you could say that's right. not true and they're not interacting with anything and it's all made up. But your only other option is they're interacting with something to get that information. If you're not going to embrace it, you think it's fake. And so as believers, we know it's true. Scripture says this is real. Not that every person is doing it or can do it that says they can, but that it does exist. So, yeah, there's a real you can really jump very easily from horoscopes into any of these other things. Yeah. And I would just uh, one other thing I'll add here is in a conversation I had a couple of years ago with uh, Dr. Keith Plummer, who is from Cairn University, which is in my neck of the woods here, we were talking about different assumptions that people make. And when they're, you know, you talked about astrology, astronomy, they think it's got that scientific label on it. And Carl Sagan essentially did the same thing. His, the big saying on that show was the, the cosmos is all that ever is, all that is all that is or was or ever will be. And as Dr. Plummer pointed out that that's a, that's a philosophical statement, not a scientific statement, but the show was this science show 
And so people, you, you confuse the philosophical and science. And so you start thinking that this is fact and you can really mess yourself up with your thinking if you do that. And I think there's a similar cross-pollination happening here with what you're talking about. I think it's kind of like music, right? We always say, growing up, kids would say, well, I listen to this song, even though it has awful lyrics <laughs> that are you know, degrading to women or that are you know, against what God says, we should, how we should live, whatever. Like, well, I just like the beat. Like, I, I just really like the music. Uh, it's, it's silly to think that the words are not impacting you. And I think it's the same thing with this kind of stuff. You can say, I'm just doing it for fun. Uh, it, I just think it's silly or it's funny. And yeah, on a, on a certain level, it is silly or it is kind of funny and interesting to see what your horoscope says. But the longer you consume that kind of stuff, psychologically, it's going to have an impact. Even if it's subconscious, it's yeah. going to have an impact on you. You're going to start allowing it to really change the way you think and act. Yeah, mm. absolutely. So yeah. definitely a good story for to be on our radar. Uh, Billy, appreciate you bringing it. We're going to go over to the main thing now. And Mark Houck, he says he'll be pursuing justice when it comes to the Biden administration's bizarre targeting of the pro-life Catholic father and husband. He spoke with us about the FBI raid on his house, the trauma, how his family's doing now, and the future. What's next? That's on today's main thing. So first, I want to start with how is your family? You guys obviously went through a very traumatic raid and that whole scene. So how how are your kids doing? How's your family doing after that? Sure. Well, you know, every day's uh, continual uh, growth and healing, I would say. Um, the girls and the boys are at different ages. Um, the older ones can be a little bit better at their conversation and, and wanting to to share how they feel about it. Having recently had some interviews, they felt good about being able to share their thoughts, um, mm -hmm. help them with some healing. When you're dealing with the five-year-old, the seven-year-old, and the three-year-old, you have a you have an issue where they're internalizing a lot of what they experienced. It's very hard for them to show emotions. It's very hard for them to share how they're feeling. So it's a continual vigilance for us as a family to kind of help them process that. I think in time they'll be better. Um, they're definitely they're they're relieved as a result of the acquittal. Uh, but you know they're traumatized still. So you just never know to the degree that uh, that's going to manifest itself in the future. Um, so we're just just being watchful, attentive to that, and we'll see how it goes. So how are you feeling, especially once you found out that you were facing? I think it was eleven years in prison potentially if you were actually convicted of these charges. Uh, given what we now know about this whole incident, seeing it on a video, um, how are you feeling as you were facing all of this? Well, sure. So it's surreal. It's not something you're ever planning for. Um, 11 years, $350,000 fine and three years supervised probation. If found guilty uh, from a jury of my peers, 12 in the Philadelphia district, uh, you know, you're, you're not planning for that. No one can really prep you for that. Although I had tremendous peace in my heart. Um, it was a faith journey for me um, from the moment of the arrest to to the day of the trial and the conclusion of the trial. Um, God was present in my life. I felt tremendous grace in the experience being chained and locked to a table uh, and shackled in my feet and waist at the federal building for over six hours. It was a, a tremendous flood of peace in my soul, and my heart. I fell close to my Lord and Savior, Jesus, uh, like never before. Um, I knew he would take care of my family. I knew he would take care of me. Nonetheless, there's still a degree of, you know, fear that, you know, that anyone's going to have, some some anxiety. Very little for me, uh, mostly with my children, probably more so with my wife. 
but we moved expecting to be in prison. Um, it was it was the likelihood that that would happen. Ninety eight percent conviction rate when it comes to federal prosecutors coming after anybody. So likely we were going to send some spend some time in jail or prison rather at a federal imprisonment um, wherever that would be. Uh, my heart was ready for that. Uh, mm. The acquittal, the jury, the judge, everyone was phenomenal. We had a phenomenal legal team. Really, um, it, it couldn't have asked for a better setup for that as it as it played out. Um, still, nonetheless, even with a great defense, I thought in my heart that I would be convicted uh, uh, from the jury. Um, so um, not, we were surprised, relieved, and um, you know, certainly felt uh, blessed to, that we had the result we had. Are you at all interested in or? have any desire to look into what happened to make it go from Bruce Love filing that local complaint, then that getting dropped to how did it then transfer over and catch the interest of the feds? Are you looking into that at all? Oh, we are. And and certainly Thomas More Society is helping us with that. Uh, we have current conversations with former FBI agents, those that know protocol, that would know protocol in the Eastern District, and certainly other FBI whistleblowers that have seen this type of uh, recent occurrence within the, the DOJ. So we're pursuing justice. I have an interview um, with the Judiciary Committee uh, to testify before Congress, um, to hold them accountable, to bring to justice uh, those that, that need to be brought to justice. Um, we're going we're gonna to pursue that with civil rights attorneys. My wife and children didn't deserve what they had happened to them. You could argue that I deserved it on some level because, you know, there's an accusation alleged there and they have to pursue it. But nonetheless, the way they did it and what they did to my family, long-term effects, pain and suffering, if you will, uh, someone needs to be held accountable to that. So we're going to pursue all that. We'll do what we can to help others from this happening to them. Uh, obviously, we now have case law, which helps a lot with the pro-life fight. But, um, you know, it's a delicate balance. Uh, the government has a lot of immunity. Um, there is exposure there. They do have the ability to be sued. And so we'll be pursuing that and, and pursuing all uh, avenues we can to, to hold them accountable. So, Mark, how you talked about your faith a little bit in the midst of this trial and how God kept you uh, from being anxious and that you were just trusting in him. What, what is this whole ordeal done for your faith now as you look back? Well, it's it's really something that you you can't plan, as I said. It's not something that uh, you know you you can add to your prayer life and and just say, okay, this is the way I'm going to go about becoming holier. Um, the Lord allows suffering for a reason, and unjust suffering would be what we experienced. So, anytime there's unjust suffering, you you can respond in despair, or you can respond in anger, righteous anger, even, um, or you can move towards um, Entering into that suffering, and, and I, by that I mean it's a surrender over to your Lord. And for me, it was placing at the foot of the cross and really just entering into Christ's passion and suffering and seeing it for myself and the gift that it is to me to be like him, to suffer unjustly, be a lamb to the slaughter, allow others to persecute me. Blessed are the persecuted for theirs is the kingdom of, of God, right? So we have uh, this experience that we know is important. And when the Lord gives it to you, you can run from it or you can embrace it. And for me, I, it was just made the most sense to embrace it, to make the most of it, to see the gift in it, 
and to respond accordingly, which was just to accept and and humbly submit. And in that regard, there there came great joy. Um, there was peace, as I said, and we asked the Lord to give us greater faith and trust through it. And it happened. It, you know, He's faithful to those promises. So, um, you know, we we moved all the way through the trial. Look back now with great gratitude for it, uh, knowing that we have the result we have, but also knowing what the platform He's given me. So now mm -hmm. I could speak about His love and His mercy and His forgiveness in a way like never before. And, and audiences all over the world are being opened up to me. So, you know, I got to say thank you. Thank you to, um, you know, God for the, the blessing of it all. And you can check out my full interview with Mark Hauk over on the CBN News YouTube channel. All right, that leaves us with time today for one last thing. I think the most appropriate verse is Romans 1.20. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what was made so that people are without excuse. Mm. And so it just brings me to that that knowledge that you know people are sitting here trying to worship everything else around them and yet here's god we're seeing everything he's made and we're so distracted that we're turned away from that by things like horoscopes I mean, it's so silly yeah no i think it's so true that we that we're constantly looking for anything else to rely on right other than our creator because if we're relying on our creator then we have to acknowledge like we were saying earlier that we're not in control that we're not the one sovereign over everything so if we can rely on something in this world we can kind of you know twist and pull however we want to uh, but as believers we have to remember that at the end of the day it's god who's in control not us yeah absolutely and you're gonna look it's a it's a fruitless endeavor to try to place your worship in something else is going to come up empty every yeah. single time. And we are wired to worship. It's it's innate. We we know it just by seeing the creation around us that there is a God who is behind all of this. And so it's best to turn to him. Um, otherwise, you're going to be left empty. So, all right. It's a great spot to end our Friday, Junior. Lord willing, in that creek don't rise. We'll be back here tomorrow with more. God bless. We'll see you then.